Listener Production. Coming up on the Footy Talk podcast for your Friday, Tommy Brown in studio to discuss all the big news in the AFL, including Collingwood superstar Jordan DeGoey may be under the spotlight of the MRO. We talk all things Tassie. The Sydney Swans have a coaching extension, which is bloody good for them. And we touch on one of Tommy Brown's unusual loves, the aviation industry. All coming up next, Footy Talk podcast. This is the Footy Talk podcast for your Friday. Daisy Thomas here. This, of course, is your daily dose of footy, latest interviews, analysis, and news from the world of AFL. And when we talk news, we only go to one man, the number one newsbreaker in the game, Channel 7 Chief Football Reporter, Mr. Tom Brown. Daisy, it's a pleasure to be here talking to you today about the news, but in particular, the games overnight. There were three. I love that footy's back. Footy is back. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the Pies? Let's start with the Pies, who won by six points over the Hawks last night, 106 to 100 down in Launceston. Two big talking points, Daisy, from this game. I'll start with Dugowie, and in particular, his dump tackle on new recruit Lloyd Meek. It's being compared to the Dangerfield dump tackle. It's the action the AFL doesn't like to see. Here we go. Geordie to go again in the news. The essence of this is if it's graded low, as I think it should be, he'll be fine for round one against Geelong. If it's graded medium impact, he'll be in trouble against Geelong for round one. There's some factors that should be taken into account. I know we'll get to the motion in terms of the sling itself shortly, but it's, it is noteworthy that the Meek didn't get a concussion assessment, didn't go off the ground, and I felt that Geordie did all he could just in the end to pull out of it just at that very last point as well. So it's not the action the AFL like, but I hope and think that Geordie should be okay under the classification system. It's not so much the action anyway that's taken into consideration. It's a lot of the outcome. That's correct still, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes, There's no so concussion here. It didn't go off. So that was significant. It would be, you know who I wish had laid the tackle? Pendles. Because Lloyd Meek would have got two weeks for staging and headbutting the ground if that had been the case. Because Pendles can do no wrong. Geordie Dugowie can do absolutely <laughs> no right in this situation. You've got a bloke. He's given away 15 centimetres, 16 kilograms. This is a Geordie when tackling Lloyd Meek who's given a fend-off whilst trying to run away. From a purely footballing point of view, yes, we want to stamp out proper sling tackles where there's two motions. This is just carrying on with getting a bloke to the ground. If you jump on someone, eventually you're going to end up on the ground. Was it's it, unfortunate there's not two motions. I just don't know what else you expect Geordie to go into to do except let Lloyd go. I agree with that, and hopefully Michael Christian and Andrew Dillon, when they review this today at the AFL, will uh, share a similar view, certainly for Geordie and Collingwood's sake. Daisy, the other big talking point, though, is Pat Lipinski. He dislocated his shoulder. He'd had 22 disposals, Lipinski, in three goals, so he's awfully important for Collingwood. This is the same shoulder that he had a reconstruction on in October, so they'll face that difficult decision whether you either uh, patch it up and try and sort of play on for the year or go and get it fixed again, which I think is usually about 16 weeks. Yeah, I've had one of those. It'd be interesting to see what option they went with last time. Obviously, the hook approach rather than the complete reconstruction where they actually shave a bit of the bone and then screw it in, because that way it pretty much can't be undone and can't come out again. Whereas if you just go with the hook replacement, this is the risky run. What does the doctor say once you've had the operation, Daisy, if it happens again in a short space of time? Well, it's not meant to happen. Uh, and that might be different. They might have gone the different approach to what I had. And it depends which way it comes out, um, you know, with the sublax out the back or whichever way, you know, technical ter- talk that is above my pay grade. But my the way mine was uh, reconstructed, you literally shave a bit of the bone off and the where the weakness is, they just screw the bone back over that and pretty much it can't come undone. So that's not great news considering it just has been 
technically fixed. We wait and see, I guess, whether they go down the surgery route with him or try and just limp him through the season, but that's not what you want from round one. Now, I think a discussion point this season will be Nick Dacos, who... Got tagged heavily. Got tagged by Finn McGuinness. Yeah. And how Collingwood, and in particular Nick, deal with that this year. The team hinted, Bolts hinted post-game, that they've got some strategies around that that perhaps they didn't deploy last night. So they've got a few tricks, hopefully, up their sleeve. But it just seems like that's going to be a big focus point this season about how... Often it happens, and in particular how Nick handles Where it. Where was he playing when he was getting tagged? Was it midfield or halfback or both? I, I thought he was playing out on the wing. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, that's not a place you want to be tagged because you cannot. You literally play a wide role. The easiest place to be sat on, get him inside the midfield, as they say. They'll be right to work their way through that, and you'd assume someone like a Scott Pendlebury working closely with Nick Dacos could have a few tips and tidbits as to how to handle that. Just one for Hawks fans in terms of, I guess, what it means for them last night. I thought they were a little bit better than expected. They've got some good players. McKenzie yep. kicks like his coach, Sam Mitchell. Newcomb, John Newcomb's a beauty. And uh, Will Day, obviously, is just coming, you know, getting better and better. They've got two good rucks as well in Meek and Reeve. So there's a few things to look forward to. They're, they're putting ex- together the nucleus of a good side. Got to be excited that they got to 100 points. Yeah, absolutely. They do tend to play better in Tasmania. They do. But yeah, yeah, still from a Hawks point of view, from what we saw the week before against Geelong to this week against the Pies and watching along, it did look like the Pies didn't get out of second gear. You don't want to be too derogatory to what Hawthorne were able to do because they did run them close, but... It looks like the Hawks were taking it a touch more seriously than the Pies, but to still get near 100 points, showing they've got different avenues to go, which I think was the concern for a lot of us when we were previewing their season. The Pies in their two practice games probably just going, but how much weight do you put on these games, Daisy? Zero. Uh, Well, not zero. I shouldn't say completely zero, but not a whole lot. Uh, We can move on to the Brisbane-Geelong game, and I'll give you a little one out of this. The thing I look forward to, I don't read anything in the Cats going like absolute bustards last night. I do like the fact that Brisbane were able to keep them goalless in the first quarter and then only keep them to two goals in the second. Because regardless of the outcome of that game, to me, that's a clear shift in mentality about the biggest knock on that Brisbane Lions football club, which is a defensive attitude. And you can see when you do that to the reigning premiers, yes, they had players out, but still to keep them goalless in a term is a clear shift in mindset in a pre-season game where you can just give up one or two goals just for the sake of it by switching off. So Cameron was rested for the Cats. Yep. He'll be right for round one against Collingwood. Hawkins has got this foot injury and won't play round one. So I guess that's from a scoring perspective going to be a bit of a discussion point for the and Cats. And also Henry got, out as well. Henry out as well. Yeah. So you think Danger perhaps might need to go forward and kick some goals in round one. Anyway, they've got lots of options. In terms of the injuries last night, a potential hamstring injury setback for pain. Hipwood set out the rest of the game after a collision with Radagalia. And Sam DeConning in the third, and uh, well, that was pretty much the extent, extent of it. Rayner looked good back. Which is good news for him because he's had a wretched run with injuries. Do we get a little bit concerned now with the injury to Payne and the Brisbane defence? Not at this stage. Not at all? No. no. I thought so. Fremantle had a 31-point win over Port Adelaide last night. That was a good win for the Dockers. I thought the discussion point out of this game, game in particular was Fife. He's yep. looking good. I think he'll play permanent forward this year, which is, I think, pretty exciting. It's good. It's good to see. He had a few shots on goal, and he looks like he actually has a proper routine now that he's happy to go back and stick to. So, obviously, him sensing and understanding he may be playing a lot more forward, he looks like he's worked a lot on that goal kicking because he could always find the footy up there. So, he kicked three last night and then three last week against the Crows. That's good. Which is going to be a handy return regardless. That midfield looked great too. Brody, Sarong, Brayshaw through there as well and also the inclusion of O'Meara playing half forward getting up the ground as well he's going to be a bloody good recruit for them and just while we're on our match report uh, Daisy of course this afternoon St Kilda are playing the Bombers 
Sydney taking on the Blues tonight who are without Cripps and Mackay. I'm assured by the Blues there's no issues with Cripps' rolled ankle necessarily, right. but uh, and you'll be right for round one, but they've just been a bit cautious tonight. He rolled it against Collingwood last Friday. You can hear that game on the listener app, the St Kilda Essendon game with the Triple M footy call team assembled. You are listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. New episodes every day at lunch. Stick around because after the break, we talk about one of your great passions that isn't football and also... We get to the bottom of what's going on at the MCG with the Pies and their seeding debacle. You're listening to Footy Talk. Follow us on socials, Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footytalkpod. We do have the number one newsbreaker in the game, Tom Brown, with us currently. Tommy, there's plenty going on in the world of footy as we've touched on. The games, that was nice, an old school sort of around the ground sort of review mm, there. That's your strength, Daisy. Yeah, well, we now move into yours. Some news breaking and some big stories. The Pies have been in the headlines about the seats at the MCG and what that means. One, can you explain it for the layman's out there who may have missed it? And two, where does that sit right now? Well, the best way to explain it is that Collingwood, when they moved from Victoria Park to the MCG, Eddie Maguire negotiated Collingwood a brilliant, brilliant deal, which has helped the Pies fill up very successfully the stadium for a long time. That deal now expires. It's been going for an awfully long time, the best part now of two and a half decades, about 25-odd years. And the argument from the other teams is that Collingwood have too good a terms. So Collingwood would say, well, we've filled up the MCG, made them truck tons of cash, and our supporters shouldn't go backwards in terms of their rights. The other clubs would say, yeah, fair fair clip. But at the same time, Hawthorne obviously saying it's a little bit unfair and other clubs are doing that as well. We know that clubs tend to, you know, gang up on the pies for want of a better term. It's just dog eat dog in the commercial football world. It's just the way it is. So at the moment, there's a negotiation going on between Collingwood and the MCC over the seat. And in particular, it looks like the Pies might have to give up a couple of thousand away seats at the, for their away games right. for some members that were able to utilise two function rooms at one end of the ground. And uh, that will cost the Pies a little bit of money. It means some of the Club 5 and Legends members, and I stand to be corrected on those categories, I'm not an expert on the membership categories, but some of the high-paying members might have to shuffle a little bit on some of the away games. It impacts a limited number of games, it's two or three games per year, and impacts a limited number of seats. Eddie's come out and bought into the whole issue in recent weeks and said, oh, you know, don't take on Collingwood members, rah, rah, rah. And it's a bit hard for Collingwood because naturally Eddie's going to weigh in. But at the same time, they've got uh, Craig Kelly, who's just started. And what's his view on Eddie having a say? We'll get to that shortly. <laughs> <laughs> he's very diplomatic. But Craig Kelly's negotiating. He He's bought and sold his management company three times. So he knows how to do a deal. The president uh, knows how to do a deal. And uh, pr- So that is, of course, your dad. So when you correct. go home, you're still living at home and he puts out the dinner. What happens around the supper table? Is he grumpy about this? Do you talk about it at Daisy, all? Daisy, I live with ta- Tara and Henry and don't live with Jeff and we don't discuss Collingwood <laughs> deals. And usually when I text him during the day, he says, I'm working. That's his response. I'm working. A lot of swear words, so, so there's no <laughs> reference to any, any football stuff. Anyway, that's the crux of the issue. So at the moment, uh, C- Collingwood want to negotiate quietly. The other clubs are going through the media, yeah. giving plenty of uh, grabs to Jay Z. Jay Clark is doing a brilliant job at the Herald Sun with his story, and uh, and Pete Ryan at the Age, and uh, it's become a bit of a media uh, tussle, if you like. So but where does back- it land? So the Pies just have to give up to the three bigger clubs that actually can sell the seats. Is that where it lands? They have to give them up. Or? It'll land. The, the Collingwood will 
do a good deal. Yep. They're not in a particularly unbelievably strong bargaining position. Where else are they going to play these games? Yep. They can't build a new MCG overnight. I guess a precedence Essendon, they had a very favourable deal at Marvel when they moved to Marvel. And I think Xavier Campbell did a good deal in a balanced deal renegotiating that at one point in time. So that's a good precedent. Craig Kelly spoke yesterday to Mitch Cleary down in Tasmania and did give a very strong indication that he won't be conceding any of these rights and doesn't want to play the deal out in the media. Stuart Fox and their board are outstanding. They're all class. Um, we'll be spending time with him over the next few weeks as I get up to speed. Um, and Jeff and I, um, in due course, Jeff, and mostly I and my team will be working uh, to get that result. And, and we won't be talking about it like others. We just want to uh, do it respectfully and look after our supporters. We're not going to be stepping backwards, but uh, we'll do that with those people. Mitch, very diplomatically, yes. he also asked him about a theme which I think will take place this season. <laughs> yes. Eddie on Classified, weighing into Collingwood issues. Mitch asked it beautifully, and this was this was Ned's response. He's not part of the club. Um, he had played an amazing role where he got the club to. Um, there's a board in place, uh, uh, there's a CEO in place and an exec in place. As Ed always said to me, when others spoke about it, he said, not everyone knows what's going on. Well, the fact is, uh, the inner sanctum knows what we're doing. Well, there's a nice little drive-by from Ned. Uh, the inner sanctum know what they're doing. Well, that was always Ed's message when it, he was well, running it, Collingwood. You know, you've got, to, you've got to be across all the details of what's going Ed, on. Regardless, though, to be putting his support and everything behind the pie still, though. So, yes, Undoubtedly. Yes, I think it's uh, coming from a good place. But uh, Ned was very popular at the Lon- <laughs> Craig Kelly at the Launceston pub yesterday. Yes. He had a T-shirt on, the p- club polo, had all the supporters right. coming up to him. He loves it. We were talking about uh, stadiums and the fact you can't build a new MCG. What about a new stadium in Tassie? Is that going to get the go-ahead? Where is your take on that now? There's club support now for Tasmania. It's not uniform, but it's certainly enough to get it over the line. There's AFL support for a new dedicated team in Tasmania. The AFL's allocated a lot of uh, money in terms of the development now, laid it out, Gil McLaughlin in Tasmania last week, about how they'll develop players, create academies. Did you chase him around for the best part of three days? No, I just went down there. We organised it. It was no no chasing going on. The way it it was phrased was that you went down there on a plane chasing him on another plane. (laughs) That has happened before. (laughs) It happened last year over (laughs) the apology to Eddie Betts. Oh, right. Yeah, I went up to the Gold Coast to find Gil and got him on the uh, curbside of the airport. uh, That was a much more serious issue. But I have chased – my point there obviously being that I have chased Gil before. So if they do build a stadium, it has to have a bloody roof, surely. Like why would you – if you're going to start from fresh, do it right the first time. So – Wait until you can or just organise it so you have a stadium because if you want to have it become a world-class sporting arena but also have the chance to have concerts down there, it's Tassie. The weather, it's a beautiful place, but the weather is absolutely shithouse at times. Yeah. And that can go on for months. So you need a roof if you want to attract anyone to go down there. Watch the footy in comfort. Watch a good spectacle on the ground because it's not windy, it's not rainy. The conditions will be perfect. And then you can go from there has to have a roof for mine. I'll tell you what Tasmania now boils down to. It boils down to the federal government, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, committing around $300 million to Ooh. the stadium in May's federal budget. Right. This comes off the back, and I won't get all boring of them making superannuation changes. Please don't. They've got a big <laughs> deficit going. Right. They committed about $7 billion to the Brisbane Olympics. Right. Eh? The AFL's hoping that they'll commit around 250 to $300 million, which I think they could do maybe in a couple of stages to the stadium, then we'll be good to go, greenlit basically on a new side. So it all depends on the May federal budget. It's all very political. The AFL, for example, supporting Albanese on the voice campaign. So right. it's all very political. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, and other sports I might add, but it's, uh, that's, that's where it sits. Sounds- if the federal government allocate the money to a stadium in May, 
Tasmania and a dedicated team will get up in 27 or 28. In 27, they could play at Launceston and also, that's York Park, obviously, and then also Belreve and Hobart. Then 28, the view of the AFL was we'd have a big, bright stadium. We could host concerts, transform Hobart, bring in even more tourists. It'd be great and probably turbocharge the state for the best part of 150 years. And the kids living in the new millennia, that's UTAS and also Bridgestone Arena. Correct. Yes, very good. Uh, we move on to Sydney. Some good news up there. They've been very, very quiet, the Swans, this preseason. They've gone very well from getting absolutely wiped on grand final day to going under the radar coming into season 2023. They have had their annual general meeting, the Swans, last night, announced a new partner, I think, in car sales on Wednesday. They've had a sort of a big week off the field, the Swans, and the announcement last night significant that uh, John Longmire is extended for a further two seasons, good. which takes him through to 2025 and puts him in that 15-year circa category of, as a senior coach, which is quite incredible. Got offered a truckload of cash by North Melbourne about two, was it two or three or four years ago uh, when they had a vacancy to go there. He was to that and uh, he's absolutely wedded again to the Swans. He's done a brilliant he job has. up there. He has. And that's one of the statesmen of the game. Good yeah. to see that they've put the faith in him too because uh, last season was remarkable and they look like they should be continuing again. Anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, just some brief ones. The concussion issue is heating up, Daisy. I'll be interested in your thoughts on this. What's happening basically is that Emma Grant, a Collingwood AFL W player, has yes. officially lodged some documents in court this week in the county court. Uh, in regards to her alleged concussion, which is interesting in itself. Interesting for two reasons. She's suing Collingwood, which is the club. That's going to put the clubs on notice regarding uh, concussion. Richmond is the um, defendant in the Zantuck case. So the clubs and the directors will be getting a bit nervous right. around all this issue, Probably, perhaps a bit touchy about that. And it's also interesting because the argument at this stage is that she returned to training too quickly. So, again, it calls into play those return-to-play issues. Just another one, a lot of now talk uh, in the background that Steph Giocci, the AFLW Collingwood captain, will in fact head down the highway to Moorabbin. I expect that will be announced right. in the next couple of, uh, perhaps couple of days. Captain gone. Wow. Wee. Which will so be a bit of a change at AFLW Malloy program Malloy gone. Chiochi gone. Correct. Do the pies have anyone left? <laughs> I, I believe wow. so. I think it's all, that'll be all organised. But uh, I think that'll become uh, significant news right. in the next couple of days as well. And uh, just a brief update for Melbourne fans on Jack Viney. Twisted or hurt his knee on Wednesday. Melbourne say no structural damage. He was held off for this weekend. They think he's on track for round one. It's always hard to gauge those things. I guess you've got to take the uh, the word of Alan Richardson there. Uh, footy boss at face value. Apparently there's no significant issues. And I ran into Bruz yesterday. I'm a big fan of Braden Maynard. Brad, uh, who I is love it? him. Yes, he walks around the town. I see him a lot. He had an infection in his leg that sort of just spread. You they dot around the area of where the infection is. Right, yeah. He got a couple to of keep cuts. an eye on it. Yep. It actually went beyond those lines. Okay. And he was like scratching his head going, oh, this is a bit weird. But anyway, it's responded well. And I saw it actually yesterday in the coffee shop there at Gilson. He had it strapped up, but there was no, you could see it hadn't spread too far. Are you so doing sponsored content now for Gilson? <laughs> no. Is this what I'm reading into I this? I do like going there. <laughs> As I actually see <laughs> I go you there every morning. Uh, we're talking about you going down to Tassie. What plane did you go on? When I went to Tasmania, yeah, a 717, the twin-engine Boeing on the way there. Do you think that's one of the better planes for the modern era? They're a bit lighter, and they're actually about to be replaced, I think, by the A321. There's a new Airbus that's uh, coming there to Because you those. are, and for people who are listening and going, this has just taken a turn, you'd be best described as an aviation nuffy. Alan Joyce came on the hot breakfast once, and I was hoping he'd... Uh, I shouldn't say put me out of my misery. I like my job. But I was hoping you'd offer me a better job. The executives at Qantas get paid a fortune. I could become like Olivia Worth, a future CEO, and get paid three or four million bucks are a year. Are you going? There's a lot of footy on this weekend. Are you going to be at the footy or are you going to the Avalon Air Show? I'm not going to the Avalon Air Show. <laughs> are you sure? I'm going to watch St Kilda and the Bombers this afternoon. I've got and pretty watch good mail that you've got VIP tickets to the Avalon Air Show. My wife is due to give birth at 11 o'clock tomorrow, induced by our good friend Grant Saffer at the Airport. So I'm So I'm you'll on get to the duty. Air Show first no. and then straight to the hospital and I, then back to I'm the air show. I'm on baby duty this weekend. <laughs>
Uh, Tommy, absolutely brilliant as always. Comprehensive. The number one newsbreaker in the game. Channel 7 Chief Football Reporter. That is, of course, everything you needed to know on Footy Talk. Thanks to Tom Brown. I'm Daisy Thomas. Tomorrow, myself, Joey, Jay Clark preview. Adelaide, Brisbane, Collingwood and Carlton on Footy Talk. If you have any questions, give us a like, give us a follow. Leave your questions at footytalk underscore pod on the Instagram or footytalkpod on the TikTok. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Listener.